When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A man that was part of the Australian World Cup dream back in 2006 when the nation qualified for the first time since 1974 was Stan Lazaridis. They talk that uh, talk about that team as the golden generation. It's been used countless times, those two words, golden generation. And it's been compared to what the 2022 team has just achieved. So... He's made himself available. He was in Qatar up until a couple of days ago, and Stan Lazaridis joins us on the program. Stan, thanks for your time. Stan? No, he's not there. All right, while we wait for Stan Lazaridis to uh, join us, just uh, updating what's happening, and I know Hayes and Mardo were talking about it on the run home. There's an interesting test match being played between England and Pakistan in Raul Pindi in Pakistan. And just to update where it's at the moment, Pakistan victory target is 343, a five for 228. Five for 228. Uh, It is session two of the final day's play. So uh, it really is in the balance. So what is that? 115 runs required by Pakistan and five second innings wickets in hand. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. Salman is 10 not out and Azhar 29 not out. And Ben Stokes, uh, the captain of the English team, is currently bowling. He has got one for 56. So as I said, just waiting for Stan Lazaridis uh, to join us. Okay, in the meantime, have a listen to Mark Bosnich, what he had to say about uh, Australia's performance against Argentina and the campaign. Well, I guess so. I mean, I wasn't here in Australia to witness a reaction back in 2006. So it was very hard for me to... You know, I, was, I was in England. I was watching. Um, the one thing I will say is that I can remember that 2006 game that I think Australia played against 10 men for about an hour. Well, today they played against 11. And um, like I said, really, at the end of the day, um, you know, take away the, the mistake by the goalkeeper for the second goal. We're still here talking about it's extra time. Um, so it, it would be in different ways. There's always different eras. That, and that's a, that's a great question when you start, you compare the greatest sportsmen from different eras. They're great questions for restaurants or pubs at, at a latter date. But I think the most important thing is that right now for Australian football, it's been a tough time for Australian football the last couple of years, which has been exacerbated by the COVID situation. And let's hope that not only does this inspire more young kids to want to go and play and be a socceroo, but let's just hope the whole game takes this as a real fillip and it uses it to propel itself even further forward. Mark Bosnich uh, there on the SBS coverage uh, after Australia exited uh, the World Cup at the group stage. Stan Lazaridis now joins us. Stan, thanks for being patient and thanks for your time. Thanks, Peter. Good to have uh, have you on me. Yeah, nice to have a chat to you. Well, uh, I suppose deep down inside, when you left for Qatar before the tournament, you wouldn't have expected Mm. what now we reflect on with the Socceroos' performance overall. Yeah, no, I think um, if you turn the clock back six months, I think we were even lucky to get in and and uh, the boys made it through and uh, Graham Arnold did a great job in getting us there. And then we're just thinking we're participating, um, and especially after the first game. No one gave us any hope, but the way the the boys rallied on, the, the games against Tunisia and then Denmark showed a good solidarity in the team. 
um, you know, creating the goals, getting the goals, defending elite, being very organised at the back, and then giving a real good account against Argentina. And, you know, uh, things could have gone a little bit differently as well with uh, Cole's last shot. So all in all, it was a, a great, great performance from the guys. Yeah, and saying that, when you look at the setup. There was a lot of youngsters there. There were some experienced players there. And there was a handy group of players from the A-League. So all of a sudden, yeah. you know, many thought, you know, the A-League is inferior, wouldn't have the players that would could represent Australia. Well, Graham Arnold showed faith, didn't he? He did. And it's also, that's promising for us going forward for the next four years because, you know, People were saying at the start, or you know, Aaron Moy retires, Lecky retires, Matty Ryan retires. What happens then? And you know, is this young team good enough? Well, I think they showed really good signs there that they are good enough. There was they're very well organised. Sometimes you can have great individuals, i.e., like a Lionel Messi or Mbappe, etc., where the team plays around these players. With us, it's it's different. We've got a great team where all the players know their roles and duties. And they did very, very well. We were hard to break down. Um, and in the end, things could have been different. But back to your to your point, I totally agree. I think the A-League has copped a lot of criticisms. But in saying that, we, we're producing some good players. Hopefully now that's a springboard for the next four years in building on that so we can produce more. Well, everyone knew the names back in 2006 of Viduka, of Kuhl, of Kale of Lazaridis, of Schwarzer, you know, those sort of names. Everybody yeah. knew them around the country. There's a lot of these players, not many people knew yeah. who they were. They do know now. But can you compare yeah. 2006 to 2022? Or is it a case of, you know, it's it's 16 years, it's a different generation, football's played differently on the world scale, or can you make a comparison, Stan? And if so, what is that comparison? Yeah, I look up... <laughs> I think different times, I would say, Peter, as well. And, and you look at that 2006 squad, I think a lot of the players were playing overseas football and in big clubs regularly, as opposed to now it's a little bit different where our pathways are much more through Asia and uh, developing the A-League as such. So it's a bit difficult to answer that. But in saying that, one thing we have done is we've, you know, we focused more on getting an Australian coaches um, that are more homebound, that are concentrating on our own players. So we've really focused in from two, uh, 2006 on producing Australian players within uh, the A-League, having our coach based here uh, full-time. And I think that ha- that is now starting to pay off. Are we quite there? No, we're not quite there yet. But I tell you, the the way the boys performed, it shows really great signs for us moving forward for the next World Cup. You make a good point regarding the coach. You're under, of course, a revered horse hitting, and Graham Arnold was there as an assistant in 2006. As he yeah. said in the press conference, he's been in the Australian football season as a player, as a coach for 37 yeah. years. And you make a good point. He was here 365 days a year, so he could keep tabs yeah. on each player. Well, of course, Hus, on the other hand, basically just flew in and flew out. It was only, what, with you guys in how many weeks leading yeah. up to the tournament? Oh, it was a couple of months, I think. It, it, was, it wasn't enough, if I'm being honest, Peter. I just think we had an exceptional squad of players as individuals, and I think you know, Gus could have put any 11 out, I think. Uh, not saying that he didn't uh, orchestrate it very well. He got us he got us fit and trained up and, 
you know, um, the, the way he got us prepared, I would say, was excellent. But I think what Graham Arnold has done is he's producing a great team without the big, big names. And I think that's not easy. When you lose players like Baduka and Timmy Kales and Harry Kills, they're, they're, they're very, very difficult to replace. So what do you do? Um, you've then got to produce a really good team. So would a good hitting work now when he's based in Holland and not here? The answer is no, because we've got very few players playing in Germany or, or in England, for that matter. Um, whereas opposed to the way Graham Arnold has done it, he's, as we just said, he's based here. It's easy to get to Asia. Most of our players are within a flight. Um, I think the good points that Graham Arnold has made in in trying to find and produce uh, a home for the players where, where basically we can then really refine a bit like the Australian Institute of Sport was back in the day. Mm. Um, I think that's the line we need to go down to, to obviously produce this next kind of generation. So, Stan, what uh, should Graham Arnold do now? Um, should he? I know that he's taking a holiday, he's taking a break, he, he needs a rest, he'll be recharging. And yeah. uh, Football Australia, I'm speaking to James Johnson on this program on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, so I'm looking forward to having a chat to him. But if you're Graham Arnold, would you look at taking over the national team again or would you go maybe back into club football to try and improve your coaching? Because Paul Wade came out and said that when you're in a uh, coach of a national team, it's more a managerial role than a coaching role. Yeah, no, he makes a good point um, in what Paul Wade said there. I think the truth is Graham Arnold's going to, going to be getting a whole host of offers from various clubs around the world. Um, and he may look at it as an opportunity for him personally that, you know... Um, to leave uh, uh, representing uh, uh, Australia because it is very, very stressful. There's a lot of pressure. Um, it's not like you've got the next game to redeem yourself in club football. You know, it's almost like uh, you're a game away from just getting the from getting sacked. So it's it's a difficult, difficult job, uh, and the stresses. And I know he's he's really stressed. He got really stressed out with this campaign. Mm. Um, he may opt for himself personally to take on club football and a bit like what happened to Ange Postacogli where he probably felt he's taken Australia as far as he, as he could and it was time for somebody else and it allowed him to then further his own career. And I think Graham Arnold will have the same thoughts and I know he speaks to Ange um, and gets his advice and the two speak. So I think he's going to need some time. I would personally love him to stay on for another four years because I think he's building his building and I think he just needs to keep that going for us. A couple of final questions, Stan. Uh, when you look back on the Socceroos, they failed to Argentina by two goals to one, but let's move on. Firstly, yeah. what was the World Cup like being housed in Qatar in the days that you were there? How did you find it? Look, initially I thought, oh, this is, this is a bit of a disaster, having it all in the one city. But in the end, it was actually better than expected because, again, you got then the opportunity to see a lot of the other games. Uh, I personally went to a game almost every day, so I got to see it nearly a dozen games. So from a fan's point of view, going there, it was great. Um, in previous World Cups, you know, you're, you're scattered around. So generally, if it was in Qatar, it would only be... Uh, one particular group. So that in itself 
was just a bit to get around. You're seeing all uh, fans from various nations around the world and um, you're bumping into them in the streets. So there was certainly there was a, an, a, a buzz around the city. I mean, being in a very financial uh, city. I mean, these guys can buy anything and do anything, and the stadiums that these guys do uh, were, were quite incredible. Um, all in all, I will say it was a success. Um, you know, would it would some, somewhere like Qatar have it again in in the future? I, I'm not so sure um, because things have changed. Um, but I would say it was better than what I uh, was expecting. Well, we've got England and France already through to the quarterfinals. That's going to be huge. Uh, as we let you yeah. go, Stan, who do you favour uh, to maybe go all the way after you know seeing most of the nations up until this stage? Yeah, look, I, I see on one side, because the way that the groups are, uh, are played out, I see probably Brazil and Argentina battling it out on one side. And I think the other finalists will come out of England or France, believe it or not. I know they're going to be meeting up in the quarterfinal, but I, I do feel the other side is a little bit weaker compared to the Brazil-Argentina. So I see those four teams, particularly, uh, you know, the two, the two teams out of them four will go to the final. And probably Brazil, just based on the depth that they have. And, and if Neymar is fit, I think Brazil would take it out. Good on you, Stan. Welcome back home. Thanks for your time here on my Sports Day program. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the experience. We all did from afar down here in Australia. It was just rocking and rolling uh, right across uh, the couple of weeks with the way Australia were progressing. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. Good on you. Stan Lazaridis, uh, Socceroo champion from the 2006 Golden Generation campaign. We've got some SMSs coming through on the... Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. I'll uh, acknowledge those on the other side of the break. And just updating uh, for tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tyre power score. Just updating Pakistan 5 for 240. So they need another 103 runs with five wickets remaining and still a session uh, and a bit to go. So it's going to be a terrific finish to that first test between Pakistan and England being played at Raul Pindi there in Pakistan. And it's great to see test cricket being played back there as well after, of course, a long hiatus where Pakistan had to play all their test matches in uh, the United Arab Emirates. It's 28 past five. We'll change tack and speak about cricket because it was a big day today for West Australian crick Lance Morris. And a man that's had a lot to do with him is the head of high performance at the West Australian Cricket Association, a great all-rounder in his day as well. Kate Harvey joins us next on Sports Day.